a Sankarshan Joshi trip. Yes, we are rolling. I was really excited and I've been waiting from a really long time to talk to some psychologist or therapist. And I have asked so many people and finally, I have got to talk to you. Thank you so much for doing this. No problem, Sankarshan. It is a pleasure being here. And uh, I'm sure it is going to be a very nice conversation. Yes, I am hoping for that too. So, for whoever is watching, can you give us your background for who don't know you? Okay, so my name is uh, Neha Estaparia. I am from Hyderabad and born and brought up in Hyderabad. And since past four years, I've been traveling. I went to Delhi for two years and then Pune two years. I lived there and I'm back to Hyderabad now. And I've studied here in Hyderabad, so I'm back to base. But uh, the exposure that uh, I think uh, most of my psychology was, you know, uh, is being used since past four or five years when I was in Delhi. Hmm. And then in Pune, when I get to know, got to know, you know, when I got to meet so many different people, I was culturally shocked moving out of Hyderabad and going to Delhi, especially <laughs> because it was completely out of my this thing. And, uh, and that's but, a big city yeah, too. Yes, and that is where actually I started working. Uh, though I was working with adolescents uh, in Hyderabad as well, and when I was teaching in college, I was very close to the, uh, you know, the developmental age. But it's in Delhi that I really got connected to this uh, teenager and their, uh, you know, getting to know them and being with them and what really needs. And then I it it changed actually. <clears throat> To be very frank, uh, psychology with an exposure to this age group, as well as the childhood, I, it changed the parent in me, basically. It changed wow. the way I used to parent and I am parenting right now because I think about that developmental age and that I parent now. So that is what is, you know, has really connected me to this age group. So what was the learnings that you took? from adolescents and how are you applying it on your child or what are the learnings okay so um, the, the learning this most important learning is um, don't be a friend to your child <laughs> you are a parent you are a parent be a parent but there is no good or bad parent i would say but mm. just be a parent that's it just be the parent who you are because uh, what I have seen is uh, when I used to talk to the teenagers, they were uh, more rooted into what happened in their childhood mm. and how it shaped them now. Maybe they are very rebellious or maybe they are too shy or maybe they are too introverts or too extroverts or too attention seeking, whatever it is. But mm. it was because of what, you know, um, the kind of parenting that they had taken and mostly when I used to counsel them or get to know them, it always went back to their childhood. Childhood, yeah. And yes. So that is what the, the the most important learning. That is the reason I tell parents when I meet parents. I started working with parents also. That is the This is one of the biggest reasons. I started working with parents to you know make them understand it is not about being, uh, you know, uh, next door Sharmaji. 
or <laughs> you know being at uh, this sharma i i usually call it a you know sharma syndrome the <laughs> child has to be this or that but just let the child learn and if the child is learning or doing something or showing some talent why not show it to others why not yeah. you know produce don't let them because anyway when you are a teenager i'm sure you are handling your instagram accounts differently and i know uh, kids your age have two accounts where you know they have a <laughs> private account and yeah. then they have this their own account and i am part of many of the private accounts so mm-hmm. i know how it is so don't uh, you know try to be an extra over parent or an extra over friendly mm-hmm. parent just be a parent so how do you draw the line because we often hear and this is the first time i am hearing uh, a parent not to be a friend to your kids like be a parent because often times we parents always want to know uh, what, what's happening in our life how are we feeling emotionally or what whatever is happening right and we as kids we always turn to our friends and parents often think that if they try to be our friends maybe we will go talk to them more so uh, like what do you mean when you say a uh, parent be a parent and not a friend to your child see parenting parent is basically when you give birth to a child it's a responsibility for 20 years i would say mm. at least for 20 years it's not like and being friend doesn't mean do you share everything with your friend no uh no <laughs> no do you depends. share yeah i mean depends depends your even your closest friend you don't share everything yeah. it's a misconception that the parents have that your child just because you're spending too much time with your friends because of the same age group because of the same ideologies or because of you know lot of things in common it doesn't mean that you would share everything and that is where the parent goes wrong that emotionally you are more inclined towards your friends than towards them now parents yeah. need to understand that this is just an age group just like any other age group and even they have gone through this hmm. and even they have gone through this phase where you know they were not pretty close to their parents <clears throat> see for example my daughter is 7 year old and for everything she comes to me she is my she thinks i am her best friend and okay fine i even i consider it sometimes but at the, i have to be you know responsible for her that i am parent before a friend mm-hmm. and parenting doesn't mean that you have to keep control on your child for everything or keep controlling and it's just showing the direction and being there that's it and even in this age group the teenagers they don't want their parents to be friends or you know they don't want their parents to be parents in a way that they are controlling their lives they just want a direction which parents can show easily without being a friend do do your friends show you way hmm. do you show a way to your friends they are doing what they want to do in life you are doing what you want to do in life hmm, so yes. there is a very thin line i would say it's a misconception mostly yes, yes somewhat we jump positions from being a friend and being a parent it would be you know people might not agree with me thinking that you know i am totally a you know talking rubbish that you should not be a friend or something like that but just remember you being friendly is different from being a friend yes. right yes exactly exactly being friendly is yes one of the traits of a parent but don't be a friend in a way hmm. even teenage even you know kids need their 
time alone like we do yes we need our time alone that in the modern world we call you know our time yeah. so even we need that even kids need that but yes. make sure that kids are rooted in a way that you do these small activities like having meal together hmm. having one meal together catching up what is happening what is not if they don't want to share it's okay but yes non verbal cues are very important where parents can do but not friends so you're yes. being a parent here not a friend yes and also growing up uh, so based on my experience and me looking around at my friends so often time it happens that at certain point of time like you give a lot of importance to your friends and whatever happens around you whatever is happening with your friends has a lot of impact on you but uh, like you will have a lot of close friends best friends boyfriends or girlfriends or whatever but after a point of time uh you will realize that friends are not family like you will realize that friends will not stay or maybe you will realize that the more close you thought they were it doesn't actually work that way like it is your life and then you move on with your life your responsibilities and then you move forward and then we look for home for that comfort and then when you say that parents don't try to be friends like it makes sense because and then we come back home for right. that warmth and then we get that so exactly exactly yeah. because parents are like you know a senior version of us like we say our kids are a miniature version of us parents are like senior version of us you of course don't of course being friendly fooling around with them going on trips trekking with your dad and cycling with your dad or hmm. you know baking with your mom these are all activities that you can have which are friendly activities yes but it doesn't mean that you will go and share everything with them or anything like that it's hmm. just that a fallback is your home and that is what teenagers need to understand that there are number of people who care for you but who would be there you know who will really hold you are the people back home no matter what yes and why are they with that too also yes and it's also based on the kind of relationship you have been having since childhood because not all relationships between yeah. teenagers and their parents since childhood is a smooth one hmm, right true. there are scars there are things that you don't like or anything like that of course those are different things but feeling is important yes so i agree with that too and also yeah. uh, childhood like you said like it plays a really vital role in um, in framing the kids mentality or personality and you were also right. and you were also telling about your experiences like when you were uh, taking therapy when people were coming to you uh, when you were talking about the issue it always went back to the childhood right so based on your talking with the teenagers during the therapy session what do you find the common things uh, amongst like our age group or like the people who ever come to you for therapy like what common things do you see either too much of parent uh, parental pressure hmm. or no guidance at all okay that is what is common you know uh, because uh, already teenagers and you know they struggle uh, 
for the existence in society and because of the invent of social media and all these yeah. things they are trying to find an identity with among so many people and uh, even i feel parents are struggling uh, to find an identity with that age group or with, at least with their you know friends with their children and their friends Hmm. but the most common thing the relationship that is there is uh, too much of parental pressure that i really find that a child will either throw away or become a rebel or you know take it and become uh, introvert or you know go inside with the pressure yeah that is what i feel is the most common thing that happens then 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 it's, it's and i have seen this it's not only in india and everywhere else then it leaves you confused at hmm. this age as yeah. to with no direction what exactly to do you, you see very rare um, you know very rare number of people who are actually doing what they want hmm. the rest of them are doing first what their parents want and after they are established in that they are doing what they want yeah true in this age they are not exactly so this is the most common of course it's dying right now because there is a lot of you know uh, uh, what do i say a lot of uh, awareness and all those things that parents yeah. they should not pressurize their children and let them do what they want to but again parents are under pressure social pressure yeah that their children should be like this their children should be like that as i told you the sharma ji syndrome as i call it <laughs> that uh, <laughs> so it's breaking that ice is very difficult when it comes to therapy yeah yes i i totally agree with you and also when i look around people i see a lot of people are very uh, moody or like i see mood swings both in men and women as well so like early on yes. we categorize women to to have mood swings or like we say that they are the ones who have mood swings but that's not the case like i've seen guys have really bad mood swings too and uh, and there's so much uh, depression um uh, like mm-hmm. when i see people like i i'm not saying that though the number is all time high right now with our generation i wouldn't say that our generation is bad or something but maybe this depression thing has always been there but now people are looking for help and people are coming out for seeking help uh so or like when i was uh, doing my research like before talking to you uh like i was just reading few articles and i just wanted to know like what are the statistics or what is the data and i was surprised to know that uh, majority of the deaths that happen in the teenage is from suicide and right. and the second thing that surprised me is that uh, suicides were much more higher with female than male like when you see the comparison um so i was so this question i i i wanted to ask you how different is the mental faculty of women or girl different from guys like what are the different things see uh, different thing first of all there is a lot of need to show in women 
that's what i feel mm. than men um, and that takes away and this group this generation because of social media there is a lot of hazard because see social media is working on these two factors only need yes. to know need to show yes. right so you you have a need to know what is happening in others life and you need to show after knowing that this is happening in your life and when that doesn't meet then there is again a different kind of pressure when it comes on girls from parents or from hmm. society than on boys i would yeah, say true. that might lead to these cases and when you talk about depression see there is what i feel is there might be statistics there is a lot of research done where you know they say women are more vulnerable or men are more more vulnerable or anything like that i feel they are of the same make but only how they are brought up hmm. is different okay and that is what is really leading to the situation we are in right now because uh, if you treat and parents treat teenagers adolescents as a problem if you don't yes. treat it as a problem and treat it as a normal developmental age mm. nothing is going to happen but yes. what is happening is you parents are turning that way that you don't share anything with us you don't tell us anything you're doing this you're doing that already there is a lot of societal pressure from these kids lot of peer pressure that these kids are facing the generation is facing i would say lot of peer pressure lot of things to do this gaming generation just yesterday i was watching uh, mismatched the new series that had come up on netflix netflix and netflix and the kind of pressure these kids are facing from you know the gaming pressure i mean i, I was surprised i was I, mean, i have gamers in the family where you know they are trying to be involved in gaming and all those things and i was really surprised the way it was shown on the show that actually kids are going for game leagues and online leagues yeah. and all i was not aware to be very frank i was not aware yeah. and the kind of language and everything is going on the need to fight the need to do this i think this is entirely sci-fi and we are not aware of this except in movies that we have seen yeah. there's a lot of pressure that the generation is facing from everywhere how to handle it Mm. does everybody can everybody handle it i mean even if you ask somewhere they lose it and some don't approach the right people to fight this some don't approach the right path and that is how depression see depression everybody has depression that's mm. what i feel everybody has depression loneliness and depression factor even a child busting with laughter and everything where somewhere will have depression where they will have the lowest of their points but how it is manifested hmm. and how it is taken along is what the problem is and not not supported by the right people hmm. and right people come right from family yeah. so that is where it happens yeah yeah and also the toxicity right like, like if like if a child is growing up in a very toxic environment where the parents so, are or always fighting or like there's negativity thrown i think that it's not the direct thing that might affect the child uh, or the, like the direct things that you might say maybe the environmental vibration will uh, will nurture the child to be something else right like growing and up what do you think where, yes and that is where the teenager faces relationship issues hmm because uh, they are observing and then they fear 
they observe the relationship that is between their parents or significant others in the family and then they fear the future relationship they might have and that is where they might get into abuse or be an abuser or get abused <clears throat> i mean there are a lot of girls who are in a toxic relationship getting abused but still they are in a relationship yeah. because they are falling back because they haven't seen their parents having that kind of relationship mm. and they want someone to love them in a way that no matter what kind of abuse they are facing that is where abuse happens that is where abuse you know a uh, lot of fear happens anxiety issues happen that's what i'm telling you everything starts from how you are brought up and how the environment is in your family so mm. the major reason for me to work with parents when they you know the parents of small kids like my daughter's age 5 6 is to be mindful about their behavior because there is someone who is observing and will implicate you know implement it for the rest of their lives yeah. and and to work with teenagers was that they don't even if they have seen such kind of relationship they don't repeat this behavior mm. in their future for themselves and for the coming generation yeah, yeah. and also um, like i have seen a lot of people who are in a toxic relationship uh, that might be a toxic friendship or that might be a toxic relationship with a bo- with a boyfriend or a girlfriend and and always people they always go back to being that toxic person or being that being in a toxic relationship uh, to put it in a better way so it is very hard for people to come out of a toxic relationship why because again there is fear fear who might accept them hmm there is very you know who might accept them and who might they fall back on if not this person because this person knows you in and out now again building a new relationship coming into a new relationship it's like chalo theek hai it's like you've given up the fight hmm it's either fight or flight so you you are done chalo isi ke sath anyway our life is done now so that mentality builds up so that psychol that psychic place let it be let things will be better things will be better hope this that so that is the reason that is what i feel is it's very difficult to come out of toxic relationship but once you make a decision i think you should not go back so that so you you need to work on self esteem <coughs> is what you're saying hi self esteem hi what happened you want something she's so cute and basically resilience that's what mm. i feel you need to be more resilient of accepting who you are and you need to be strong within of course it's very easy to say you need to be do this you need to be but you need to find your own fallback you have to follow your coping find your coping mechanism 
Hmm. And it can be anything. I mean, it can be your fallback towards your parents or your art activity or anything like that, which would give you peace to think whether hmm. you are doing a right thing or not. Yeah. And that is what is more important. And that again, I would go back to childhood, where you you know uh, were given the skills or where you were given a product where you develop the skills, proper skills of decision making. That's why you see so many companies. Hmm. you know they are advertising decision making skills in kids or this coping mechanism in kids because it is definitely going to play a very important role when you are a teenager yeah how you are using your decision making skills your self reliance skill uh, skills your resilience your you know uh, your confidence everything that is the your problem solving mm. that is more that is very important so and your critical thinking your clear thinking that, that you'll be able to survive in this situation or not right if it is developed from childhood right from parenting that's why i tell parents don't be friends because being a friend you're not giving these skills being a parent you will give these skills yeah. then you will use these skills when you are an adult you are a teenager and in every developmental stage hmm. yeah so so self esteem is the key right like in order to not be in a toxic relationship or come outside it's self respect and self esteem right? right so these right. two are built up as we grow as child like how yes. our parents tell us or how they correct how our your parents treat us yeah. how your parents treat us how they you know advise not i would say not advise how they channelize us Hmm. is the right way how they channelize our fault or our faults see as children we make lot of mistakes but how are we going to rectify them hmm. how the parents rectify if you are continuously criticizing your child yeah. you can't do this you can't do that that's completely shattering the child yes it's completely shattering the person in you and even when you grow as a teenager and you are in a relationship In a toxic, dominant relationship, sadistic relationship, where your partner continuously tells you you are good for nothing, you are do this, you are scarring your old wounds, and you are just adhering to whatever is happening. And also, maybe that is the normal for them. So, like growing up, if 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 your parents are have always been criticizing you, and you yes. be in a relationship where your partner is criticizing you. you don't feel any different like it's not abnormal right. to you like it would still be normal exactly. so developing yeah. a very sane normality in child is important right right so yeah. criticizing in a way parents have to rectify their children that's hmm. how it works but how are you rectifying let the child be let the child make mistakes you make the child analyze it and you make the hmm. child rectify it in a way that you are like a shadow guiding them even for a relationship it's always given take you there are people and you should understand the person who is dominating also in a relationship that person has seen that kind of dominance in the family or didn't get mm. to dominate at all or participate in the family and he is he or she is showing it on the partner to fulfill his desire to be the dominant person mm. so the there is always a two way thing yes the ego satisfaction because that was not met maybe in childhood or mm. he has he or she has seen that kind of relationship between the parents where the father is dominating and the mother is always you know listening and doing whatever the right is and doesn't have a voice to speak up 
and that's how the relationship is expected from his side so in a toxic relationship would you suggest for partners if whatever relationship they have is toxic would you would you recommend working on the toxic relationship or would you recommend to end the relationship and start something healthy with some someone else it also depends on the kind of you know if the partners are ready to rectify it then why not give it a chance and understand you know if not then i think one has to take a decision to come out because that yeah. if that is not working and that is ruining his or her life more then why be in a relationship it's not like you are you know people are falling out of coming out of marriages people are coming out of lot of things just because of this yeah. you know even after having children even at the after 25 years of your marriage they are coming out because of the toxic relationship they have been having so it's after all your life your your identity as a person are you ready mm-hmm. to see small compromises are there in any relationship True. i would say you compromise you adjust you give and take but you have a say you have a say you have a voice you have a choice you're not getting you have a choice and you have a choice to continue or not to continue mm-hmm. and you have a choice to rectify it and if the person is ready to do it why not so even because if the choice is given even if the choice is given people tend to think that they don't deserve good things so it all comes back to that base point like i've seen people they always stay in a toxic relationship because they think that they don't deserve love or for some weird reason i don't know how that naturally develops but people <laughs> think that they they even they unsee the choices that they have and they say that to themselves subconsciously like even if they're not saying it out loud that they deserve they don't deserve love or they don't deserve any good things because they they didn't get anything from the you know again going back to parents they didn't get that kind of love so they think it's normal thing that they don't deserve and that is again built in their unconscious and it like the freud says unconscious is more important more dominant in your mind it keeps playing it it is again on you know uh, low self esteem low self respect where they feel they they are good for nothing they don't deserve this they don't deserve that and it is bound to happen unka kismat hi kharab hai hmm. yeah something like that so it again comes back to how you were treated right from the beginning or any of the incidents that you have faced where you know you could so i would definitely recommend you talking to a counselor or a therapist for this so that you at least get to know what worth you are so or like i have a friend like i was saying who who doesn't have a good relationship with the family sibling but uh, like that is reflected to a point th- that is being projected onto the partner and that and that has lowered the self esteem so now that will push that that has pushed that person to a point where he thinks that he doesn't deserve love like i was saying how to get out of that like is therapy or getting counseling the only way to get out of it if the wound is so scarred he needs to first you know uh, understand what worth he has in the society 
first of all he he's surviving hmm. he's living okay and he is part of this planet that is also like you know he is part of this planet he's a very healthy surviving human being only hmm. thing is he doesn't know what he's worth i think he needs to understand he needs to write down what are what is important for him what vision he has what he wants to be and what all things he can do relationships yes it plays an important role in your you know but you are the one who are having a relationship with yourself and by by thinking all these things you are ruining yourself you're not nobody is affected trust mm. me nobody is affected by your thoughts in a way that your negative thoughts are with you if you are angry you projecting if you are angry towards someone you are you know making your body in anger and you are ruining yourself usko kya farak padna padne wala hai if you are angry and projecting towards a third person nothing but you are your mind is getting ruined right your mind is getting affected if you are happy it's you who are happy if you yeah. are sad it's you who are sad it's nothing you need to understand you are important for this mm-hmm. existence you are living and these relationships will you should not let it affect the way you are shape in a way shape yourself keep telling yourself that you are important in a way that everything good can happen provided you are good to yourself mm-hmm. okay and uh, provided you are being calm to yourself provided you are being gentle to yourself isn't it so it's just like self parenting like you said whenever a child does something wrong the parent should very constructively give solutions rather than criticizing right i think that is what we are supposed to do to ourselves uh, like whenever we do something wrong the the disaster management that we do later on it is very it is very destructive and not constructive like our mind like we become anxious we become nervous and then we get angry and we get attacks yeah yeah so and also like you said uh, like with our own thoughts is us that is being affected and uh, with this pandemic so this was a time where people were spending a lot of time with themselves and their family so it's like the whole the, the butterfly was flying and then it came back home so now everybody are are put forth with the problems that they have like if at all there are any problems either that might be with the family or that might be with themselves and so i have told this to my friends too that at this time if you are happy if you are more happy than how you were before before lockdown that means that your circle was really bad and if you were sad and if you are sadder now that means that the problem was is with you your circle mm-hmm. kept you happy so this is what i kept saying like like now that people are with themselves they have no other choice but to confront their demons which are here like they have no other okay. choice so do you have more people coming to you for therapy during lockdown or like like how are people coping <laughs> i was coping with myself i would say during the lockdown <laughs> i did not take any therapy or anything like that because uh, i was taking a sabbatical to be mm. very frank but the people i was talking to yes they 
they are somewhat there is a surprisingly there is a lot of transition in the people people have evolved and uh, i feel is i feel good or bad what what i feel <laughs> is this pandemic of course has caused a lot of personal harm to many people hmm. in terms of health in terms of you know finances or in terms of but as people we have evolved much better and hmm. more resilient during the pandemic that is what i feel and your relationships your uh, bonds have become stronger with the people around you because hmm. many people went back home many it people live you know living alone around and even the uh, students living around they went back home and they spent quality time with their families of course some got really bugged up now and they want to go back to their colleges and they want to go back to their space but of course that is bound to happen but as people as a person within we have evolved like never before we have survived this we have survived the pandemic mm. and that is what more can be cheered for you know in a way that people came up with so many innovative ideas of videos and these things and all those things and videos and i mean we talking on zoom yeah like i've right? started this during the pandemic like in the lockdown exactly yeah. exactly there's a lot of of course people have suffered finance, financially and there were a lot of you know health hazards and all those things but i think uh, as people we have evolved a lot your life just moves on right like like change is always yeah, is it's what, neither good or bad it's just flowing it's just flowing and we are already in november and the year end is coming and 2020 2020 people are saying but 21 is going to be the same who yeah. knows yeah you know, never know. who knows right you never know but yeah uh, the people i have spoken to my old students and my old um, you know the, the teenagers and their daughter they were they were quite surprised with the kind of you know thought process that mm. has come up to them you know the but yeah social media has influenced yeah. people a lot yeah. it has uh, even made people addicted yeah. to social media and uh, come up with you know a lot of and to come out of this addiction is also different mm. and people are getting involved some people have quit their social media accounts and Yeah, so I think is... that everybody has have that phase where they just quit social media and then they go back to social media. And in this lockdown, yeah. a lot of people had that. Yeah, yeah, had that, and there was a lot of uh, social media pressure also. As I told you in the beginning, need to show that mm. I'm doing this with my family, or I'm doing this here, or I'm doing this there. Need to show, yeah. and now people started traveling, and now there are pictures about traveling. Yeah. So yeah. I think But... that is where. So I consider myself to be, um, uh, like happy, like neither happy nor sad. Like I, I don't complicate myself for my thought process. I just live in the moment, and the. but i feel that to a subconscious level like anybody who is using social media if they sit and introspect at a very subconscious level there is a need to show like if you if if you are wearing a good cloth or if you are wearing anything that is that is enhancing your beauty or if you are looking better or if you are looking lean or if you are looking uh 
like much more happier there is a need to show and i was surprised thinking that like when i was introspecting i i i figured this out that even i had this need not to a very large extent but to a very minor extent i think everybody who is using social media everybody, has this everybody everybody even i have it hmm. everybody has it everybody i i mean you even if people have it some people don't post hmm. i mean i know many people who have but they don't post Hmm. but everybody i feel there is a very meager number who really don't care yeah. even if they are on social media they don't care but uh, everybody has this and this i analyzed at the start uh, where i started using social media and uh, with the evolution of instagram especially hmm. more than facebook with the evolution of instagram and now with uh, with my age group if i see uh, there are a lot of parenting groups where uh, they have this you know need to show around everything that they are doing mm. with their kids even i don't to be very frank even i show but to an extent that even if your child is writing one sentence you are showing <laughs> yeah so uh, and this is this is where a um, lot of teenagers fall prey to mm. you know the social media pressure first of all they have parent pressure and then they have this so lot of things happened during this pandemic where you know agar wo video bana raha hai to hum bhi hamari family ka video bana ke dalenge yeah like it's the kind of, it's the competition competition you created right. and you're just competing with yourself yeah right and i the other day when you shared me your instagram live uh, video in that you explain a law or uh, like like when you were talking about social media and uh, you were talking about some psychological law you just you quoted a psychologist name and you were talking about the need to show or something i don't really i don't remember either <laughs> yeah but uh, you were you you were talking about this uh, necessity to show acceptance and yeah there is a theory basically where you know you have this necessity to be social survival basically and for example there is something called a social felicitation also where what okay. happens is if you are uh, uh, why do people cheer in a stadium and then suddenly mm. when you are cheering your uh, the getter or the batsman gets a six that mm. is a social felicitation when you are when you are socially present and you are motivated because mm-hmm. of all that noise and all that's why even when you see ipl at all even though there was no audience they were creating that noise for the boost so mm-hmm. that way you have survival you have lot of things i mean there are lot of social theories that are there for your presence where you are continuously observing what others are thinking about you mm-hmm. yeah. there is and then there is yeah there is this and i think that uh like the th- the theory that you just said it is so broad that it is not just for um, like just this part of social life for social media separately even social media falls under social life interaction social interaction and social presence and that is very interesting when you said that we are, we get that dopamine when we are motivated right like when people cheer 
we yes. get that dopamine hit get high we yeah. get high yes and i think that and i think that a lot of people uh, run behind that dopamine like if you to be honest like if you want to work out and if you feel lazy you watch a workout video because it will give you that dopamine hit like it will give you that pump and then right and that is a good thing like with with workout if it's motivating you it's a good thing but everything that we do in society it is so much determined by the dopamine hit dopamine hit the happiness factor i mean you you need to get that kick right hmm if you don't get that kick how will the, the, see uh, again it's it's biological as well so once you get that hit that kick then only you will do something that motivation will come from within that energy will come from within isn't it yeah so is it a good thing or a bad thing like why are we so so why is that the fuel of of our doing it's it's a survival it's makeup of our body isn't it hmm. yeah and the theory i was talking about is i think kelvin's uh, influence theory yeah yeah kelvin's yeah. theory of influence where you you know comply to what society says and then you get into that con you know that uh, you because you want to identify basically you want to identify with what is happening around you want to survive in the society and that's why mm. you comply and you become obedient to yeah that's how influence happens from that's why advertisements and all why do we use a product particular product because someone is using and you want to identify with the group peer pressure mm. happens that way it's a very indirect peer pressure that happens yes yes there are uh, if you really see social psychology is a very interesting uh, subject because and it's re- really applicable to what is happening right now in social media hmm. with social media there is so much i mean the good is equally balanced out with the bad that is no doubt about that there is so the the necessity to people have created a double standards like people have created double personalities like they have a social personality and they have their original or not social media personality and it is so different yes and do you think that part of teenagers or part of people doing that comes from childhood yeah somehow you are made you are asked to behave in a particular way right but you are not that for example when guests come beta namaste karo beta ye karo inside you might be feeling why should i do it mm-hmm. what good what what has but somewhere you are trying to portray something to the society and you are not that wow yeah so true and yeah so that is being manifested to a larger scale right yes yes so yeah, all these little things then again it comes back to no need to show hmm. need to show that your life is perfect as well i mean i have seen many couples or many people who are you know in real life if you see them in parties <laughs> they the husband might be here and the wife might yeah. be there but when the picture especially page 3 it happens when the picture comes in the page 3 it's like they are together like this and when you are surprised you are actually observing them in a party they were never seen together one was here one was here how did they come together only when the cameraman came 
So yeah. it's like that. It's it's like you you have to you know comply to what is happening around and identify. A lot of yeah. things are there if you really. But but the most important is how the transition happens between your childhood and your adolescence, and how the grooming happens. And I would you know really say, see what has happened to your generation has happened. But when you go to that. generation of becoming parents don't take this along and be more yes. mindful of how you are bringing up the next generation and how you know be more thoughtful of what is happening what are you giving them mm-hmm. material things you will give them but what are you giving them as people having one child two child three child doesn't matter even having 10 children you can create an alone lonely child yes right even if you have four siblings even if you have four siblings or anything two siblings still you can be lonely it's not about that it's not about you know uh, if you have many kids the child one child won't be lonely and they will always have somebody mm-hmm. to fall back on it's not like that the only fall back we will have is ourselves and um, maybe you know in our relationships but yes going home is always good being home and being with parents is always good you know falling back on them but still you can be lonely it's not yeah. about number of people around you it's about how content you are with it how self reliant you are with it yes and also yeah. people are in such rush to be identified as one particular category or everybody is in a rush to create a character or build a personality or why do they want to be uh, identified as something like everybody is in a rush like growing up even as a kid we want to be identified as a superhero we want to be identified as something magical and then when we come to adolescent we want to be identified and we want to be represented we want to create that personality as uh, like whatever is being cool in that social group because because there is the satisfaction right that there is conformity happening that people are accepting you hmm and plus there is competition to be like someone or to be not like someone there is lot of competition and then you get the satisfaction oh i'm part of that thing now yeah where my friends are you know uh, when i was in college um, and there was a orkut Okay. Yes, that so, was right. First, yeah. The, when we were graduating, and Aparna and I were graduating, of course, we were in a different college, and we met in masters. But uh, we were all on our court, and uh, then suddenly I get to know okay, there is something called Facebook. Hmm. I was like, okay, I need to give you know on Facebook, and I was the I was the one who created my account very late. My friends already had accounts, and I had I was like. No, I don't have an account, and they were like, "You don't have Facebook account." I was like, "Okay, what oh. is Facebook?" I felt like, "Oh, I'm left out, left out. I'm behind in the group." It's like, "What is Facebook?" My parents didn't know. I mean, my parents, yes. I because uh, now we as parents are more advanced. Hmm. And uh, like I told you yesterday, when I saw that gaming uh, this thing, I was shocked. I was like, "Oh my God, this is happening!" As a parent, I need to be aware. But Yes. Then suddenly there is this. When I went to, you know, I didn't have an Instagram account unless I started teaching. Uh, what five years down? Five years before, five six years before psychology, mm. and my students are having Instagram account, and I was like, what? Okay, I'll also get on Instagram. 
so it was like oh i have to be cool teacher i have to be the school person which i always want to be and i'm like chilled out theek hai i identify more with your generation than i think my kid you think i am a monster mom so yes once again yes ट yeah we all have come we all have arrived at this point regardless of if we initiated it or no like we were we are brought into this this ecosystem like the social media ecosystem and now we have to deal with it we have to deal with it left here yes and also uh, talking about anxiety right mm-hmm. uh, so like i've seen social media create anxiety like for example if you post something that you weren't supposed to post or if and you posted something by mistake and then that makes you anxious and that 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 makes you panic when we have anxiety attack what actually happens in our brain there is a lot of rush of different <laughs> there is a lot of rush in your brain and uh, i won't get into biological part because it's mm-hmm. too complicated but uh, there are you know different parts of cell brain that function accordingly and there is a lot of you know chaos happening with the glands that work towards it mm-hmm. yeah and uh, it's it's like uh, there is a lot of mix up and even when you're waiting for likes when you post something yeah Yes. and you're waiting for likes that happens and it's it's a trigger it's like a trigger to you already rooted anxiety is getting triggered by hmm. all these factors so how so, do we handle it you first need to identify the triggers hmm. and what situations it happens like you named one like when you post something wrong or when you're waiting for likes there might be a trigger when some relative calls or some friend calls and you don't like to talk that might be a trigger or something you need to address these triggers and shut them down and deal with them in a way that it won't affect you again mm. as in you have to recognize that this is happening to you mindfully that mm. when this happens this follows this is a you know trigger this is a reaction this is the consequence you have yes. to stop break that wall yes and also i think that when it comes to psychological problems uh when you identify a certain insecurity or when you identify like you said the trigger points that might make us anxious when we identify that and when we confront them so if i have an insecurity like if i if, if i am fat and if i am insecure about it and when we confront it like when we deeply think and we figure out that okay i'm insecure because i have fat and when we and and i think that that is the problem solved like when you yes. identify when you confront the problem doesn't seem much of a problem 
that is what happens in counseling also therapy mm. also so identifying if, what is going wrong with you and then addressing it and you will identify the counselor will not tell you yeah the, the counselor will only channelize you to identify it and that is when and that then the body shaming is altogether a different uh, you know issue to major space mm. and that is a very i would say a negative influence that happens when lot of scars are left even body shaming in a marriage relationship yes body shaming you know i know i know uh, people who are you know not having a cordial relationship because of either not you know i didn't not body shaming each other basically yes 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 so this is a very big issue where you get into a lot of and the highest number of bulimia and anorexia cases come under the teenagers mm. Mm. Uh, you should uh, that has a lot of deaths too like like suicidal and then symptoms and deaths happen from yeah. anorexia yeah i'll uh, that reminds me i'll text you a movie's name you should watch that sure it's a spanish movie and uh, it's about uh, this girl who gets to get into anorexia and it's a real life story she's a very good author she's a very uh, mm. she's a author basically she wrote her own book I don't remember the name exactly. I'll tell you. I'll text you. Sure, sure. And yeah. and I have also seen so many married couples body shame each other, and that is so indirect. Like even when we see our parents, uh, like if the 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 bonding that they have, like it's not very uh romantic, uh, mm-hmm. vocally. Like they don't they don't compliment each other like. our generation do or and and i think that this body shaming so for example if uh, if a wife is not wearing a really good looking clothes then the husband will feel ashamed and think about society like when we go out how how do i introduce you as my wife to my friends and that develops an insecurity with the partner with the wife and the mom and that will be reflected on the child yes yes that so, happens yes and that is very interesting because uh, the insecurity that is being developed in the child is nothing to do with the child itself nothing like to do it with is the child hmm and if your child is a little dark you start shaming yes. unconsciously and uh, there is there is this concept also many uh, many cities of india or anywhere the way you dress dress up shows the way your husband loves you you know mm. so all the social to, representations social represent everything everything is social conformity mm. conforming to the society identifying with them and need to you know so by the you know even if your relationship is not very cordial you have this extravaganza look on your face when you you know you are showing a lot of things and a lot of things are there if we deep dig deep into it a lot of no. things are there which are happening around but uh, yeah it all comes to the social existence that we have hmm. yes and also with girls right especially uh, a lot of Bo- guys what they don't understand is that uh 
with when it comes to girls there are a lot of pressure and there is a lot of different emotion that comes from parents like all that and they don't understand that because uh, a a mom a parents they put a lot of pressure on their daughters to look more pretty or to lose weight because when she's getting married then she need to get a good looking husband or or a wealthy family if, if a wealthy family should accept you as their uh, uh, as their daughter in law then you need to be good looking like the pressure starts from there pressure starts from there and when your parents are not accepting you fully i mean fully uh, unconditionally the way you are the way you dress up or the way you are grown up or anything like that how will you accept yourself unconditionally hmm. even you go fake because you feel if my parents are looking at me that way that means society is also looking at me that way so i have to portray a way that you know they recognize me maybe a you know well member of the society so mm. that is where again self esteem goes down where you are not able to accept yourself unconditionally mm. yeah and also mm. with all the psychological problems or anything the the main problem is acknowledgement like with the parents and with the teenagers or anybody for that matter if they're having any psychological problem depression or anything they don't acknowledge it especially they parents they don't accept it they are yes. continuously under denial yes if your child has fever that's absolutely okay if your child has sneezing that that's absolutely okay if your child has the you know worst disease that absolutely okay but if your child has some kind of mental depression or anything like that there is complete denial yeah and that is an issue <clears throat> you know the parents of young children also when they cannot accept that their child might have learning disability that their child might be autistic their child might be attention deficit or the child might be hyperactive oh ye to naughty hai ha ye to ye to aise padhne mein mann nahi lagta hai isme to sportsman banega i mean what if you know what a 10 year old will become unless and until that the child is blessed you know especially talent where you know the child See, every child is blessed every child is super talented if you see mm. the number of things each kid does every child might become a contributor to the society but mm. it's just that they are not getting the platform and it's absolutely okay how much competition will you initiate in a child yeah either which way is they're going in the society either they're yeah. going good or they're going bad like there is no way other way around like they are going smart, anyway right? yes you cannot stop the developmental stages it is bound to happen but yes. if you are seeking those stages as a problem then you as a person has a problem when you say oh how to deal with teenagers oh how to deal with a 5 year old oh how to deal with my son who is going to get married how to deal with my daughter in law who is come going to come you are taking it as a problem taking yes. take it as a transition take mm. it as a transition and i think what we need more is humanity between family members where you accept each other unconditionally and that is the only way if you are a parent be a parent be a role model if you are a child be a child and you know respect your parents and as well be friendly but don't be over friendly where you know you are ruining entire thing yeah and there are some conversations that you will not have with your parents no matter what of course 
of course you cannot the more the parent forces us to talk about that it, the more awkward the more, it's going to get like it's and the more you drift away yes and the more you drift away it's so sensitive like see to be honest even parents they want like their intentions are good like when they when they want to be friend or when they want to be friendly their intentions are good but they don't know what to do they have no idea how to deal like if my son is depressed what do i do like they don't know to, you have to just talk it out you have to talk it out to your son what is bothering and if it is so severe take for a therapy or take for a recreation no activity or something like that which will bring out the emotions within hmm. and also the and also it's okay to not do anything like even parents okay. even if they are not so uh, right now uh, f- f- uh, like a year back or two years back i always wanted to be a friend like in my group i always wanted to be that friend with whom you can come and talk to about your problems like if you are having depression or if you want if, if you want any emotional support then you can come and talk to me and then that created a little bit of pressure in myself so every time someone came to talk to me i always wanted to make them feel better but what i couldn't like if i couldn't make them feel better then i used to feel bad so i think that it happens with the parents too like sometimes we need to accept that there is nothing that we can do there is nothing you can do yes it's your individual this this thing unless and until you won't fight it within unless you won't find the chemicals within you won't get your dopamine high then what is going to happen you know of course parents are there to facilitate your friends are there to facilitate that's why in uh, counseling also we say if the person is crying let the person cry mm. let the person cry don't think that you have to stop the cry stop the crying and you have to make them laugh mm. let the person cry how much yeah. ever if one hour session they are crying let them cry mm. uh, so and but yeah it again depends on the kind of pressure you are putting upon yourself to deal with that situation mm. okay so that's why and you know i i i don't practice counseling and therapy full time i mean i'm i'm just doing it for the people you know who come to me regularly or something like that i don't take new clients anymore so okay. or yeah so it was like that but because the kind of pressure you are creating towards yourself mm. yeah yeah if you're not able to take it if you're not able to address the issue it's okay let the person talk the person only needs years someone to listen to they will come up they'll come around their own problem like the example you quoted before you see the problem was solved the solution was right in front of you mm. and as therapist uh so when i when my friends came to me and when i felt uh, obligated to make them feel better or when i put pressure on myself to make them happy then i like if i fail to do so then i was very disappointed and and th- therapist they professional right and people pay therapist and they come and they attend the sessions what kind of pressure uh, like is that a pressure to you in order to make them feel better like what do you feel no i never feel pressurized to make them mm. feel better it's their choice they just need to talk i'm talking here and i'm you know facilitating the 
to maybe whatever tools I have, whatever therapies I have, whatever techniques I have, but it's upon them. Like a doctor prescribes medicine, but cannot guarantee, right? It will mm-hmm. work. Sure. You might have a different look. So it's just like that when it comes to therapy, of course, you when someone comes for therapy, you have this thing in mind that somewhere you have to make a transition hmm. in a way that person is ready for the next one or is ready to quit the therapy, something hmm. like that. So hmm. uh, like whenever you take therapy sessions or like f- for that matter, any psychologist, uh, will it affect them too? Uh, yes. Like will the problems, uh, like how do you cope? Like how do you guys cope? There is some kind of resilience we have to, I think, practice. Mm. And not everybody can do that uh, because we are in the profession. Like how doctors deal with deaths that happens, mm. that happen during unfortunate surgeries or anything like that. That is how we have to deal with. And it's a kind of pressure, of course, upon us. Um, maybe this is one of the reasons I don't practice it regularly because mm. it kind of you know puts me off in a way that it starts affecting me. But yeah, resilience is something we need to inbuild, and that is that comes with our studies and with our practice. That it is there this thing, and when a client is coming to us, when someone is coming to us, they are coming with their entire. They are coming with such things that they cannot talk to anybody. Anybody, yes. Right, and we are supposed to be confidential about it. Yes. We are supposed to be confidential, and we have to practice that confidentiality, and that is very, very important. I think that comes before empathy, being confidential mm-hmm. that you do not quote the person or the case anywhere, mm-hmm. as an example, in a way which can jeopardize their identity or make mm-hmm. them vulnerable. So. with technology coming up with technology evolving uh, how has therapy evolved over the period of time i think there are more uh, parts many therapies have come up now art therapy movement therapy alternative therapies i would say than the traditional therapies that used to happen like cbt or something like that still mm-hmm. they practice cbt but with mind with the entire Uh, revolution of mindfulness this entire mm. mindfulness revolution that has happened therapy has evolved in a way that people are becoming more aware of their existence mm. than before and before it was more of unconscious subconscious and you know freud's mm. way or cbt way thought process and this and that but it is more of drifting yourself through your identity your your hobbies like maybe art therapy movement therapy music therapy dance therapy mm-hmm. so more of these therapies have come up with the technology i would say not with the technology exactly but the more it's, yeah. it's kind of a revolution that mm-hmm. has happened than the traditional methods that were there yeah so when people um when people have any problem as a coping mechanism they move to things and like which comfort them and some of the things that might comfort them might be alcohol or that might be drugs or that might be marijuana or or any substance for that matter uh 
what do you like what is your take on on mm-hmm. using substances as a coping mechanism see substance has two parts to it one is abuse and one is dependence hmm. okay abuse is when you are taking it to avoid something okay you are inducing inducing it in your body through various ways you are abusing occasionally maybe but the dependence happen when you are not able to avoid it hmm. when you are not able to give up it addiction that comes to a stage of addiction and then when you are trying to give it up then happens withdrawal symptoms hmm. when you are trying to you know give it up completely that that might give different health hazards like headaches or puking or getting into hallucinations delusions and extreme cases where you are trying to withdraw it take example of coffee hmm. okay i'll give you a very simple example of coffee when you are studying or something like that you kind of you know take coffee or you know tea during nights to be awake cafe hmm. basically it's it's occasional it's only during exams that you're trying to do but you don't realize when you're abusing caffeine in your body when you become dependent on it and then when even after your exam you feel a need to have caffeine to let go of you know that um, anxiety hmm. and when you're trying to give it up you have frequent headaches you have restlessness okay so this is where addiction happens to a level where it starts affecting your body hmm. in a way that you cannot control it so you have to look for alternatives you have to maybe take some of course you have to realize and withdraw it withdraw it in a systematic way that it doesn't affect your body in that way same and extreme cases happen with abuse with substance especially mm. alcohol yes that is what happens mm. and then there are different techniques to you know come out of it there are there is rehabilitation one the prob there was one problem which led them to that state and they have another problem which they exactly. have to come out is just a loop from one yes. problem you try to come out and create another problem and then you try to come out of it just exactly. people yes. are moving in and out in and out in and out yes yes and so that is the good. problem with uh, the thing is like we abuse anything like, like even even with eating disorders right like like overeating or stress eating at any yes. emotional peak we just abuse anything like that might be anything social media is an abuse hmm so uh, how do you think social media initially we get into it initially we get into it for the pleasure of it hmm. we post few posts here and there once in a while or something like that then you see others you feel a need you keep posting hmm. now there is so much of need there is dependence you don't want to come out of it and you keep posting yes. to survive to survive to show the posts and that message keep popping post to you know a post every day to you know for better likes or more likes something uh, sorry I mean, more likes mm. something like that hmm. <laughs> yes so we all are uh... shopping is kind of abuse if you are shopaholic Mm. you just keep shopping for no reason there are a lot of there are a lot of addictions that happen over time gaming 
Hmm. Like anything we overdo is abuse, right? Yes, we overdo abuse, and then we cannot come out of it. It's dependence, and when we try to come out of it, there is withdrawal symptoms. Hmm. Hmm. What are the common uh, dependencies that you see that people uh, like when they cope as a coping mechanism? What do people turn towards? Uh, now this generation is turning more towards meditation. Hmm. Meditation or some hobby, art or dance, something like that. I think that uh, uh, this is one of the good things that I'm observing with our generation when I look around. So I have spiritual talks with my friends. Like we talk about stuff beyond us, and we talk about. Uh, like the cosmic universe energy. cosmic energy yeah. the universe and i am very surprised initially i thought that i was having conversation with only one person and then slowly i have another friend with whom i can talk the same thing and yes. when i see even on social media people like our generation they are willing to move towards spirituality or they are willing to move towards better living and that's one of our generation is more spiritually aware and spiritually inclined than the generations before that's mm. what i feel your generation is more aware and with the evolution of the entire idea of meditation and uh, various um, like ravi shankar and sadguru yeah. who is like a youth icon now yes even at this age sadguru when people are turning towards him for various things and his programs and everything Mm. and uh, back there in you know uh, west uh, there is this uh, yoga guru i don't remember his name some kind of power yoga he does and mm. so the fact that sadguru says he is not a religious leader mm. he is a yogi and that yes. entire concept is very yogi, attractive yes. to the generation and people are i know many i mean i even i follow sadguru a lot of times and uh, many of the kids around me they they are volunteering they are you know doing inner engineering they are doing everything mm. possible with sadguru and that is kind of an awareness because um, he connects in a way that no one is doing because so, he answers to the questions that people are asking like yesterday i had uh, one podcast with one of my college professor and uh, we were talking about our generation asking questions like or like with respect to culture or with respect to spirituality we ask a lot of question like anything that is fascinating we ask like why do we do that why do we do this because this is a curious generation yes and sadguru is the proof that like our generation like that with respect to sadguru is the proof that if you answer to the question then people then our generation like people are willing to listen people are willing to change and when you don't answer and you categorize our generation to be very adamant and we don't listen and we are this we are that and that is where uh, we lose everything exactly exactly and yes. he's kind of sending you know you know he he goes around on bike and mm. he's kind of sent, setting a trend with them that go explore get your questions answered look around travel yes. this that but don't lose your roots still mm. he is wearing these handloom clothes yes. where you know he is kind of showing that he is still rooted 
and not it's it's very unique uh, i mean he's kind of a revolution i would say and he is the one who is also bringing a lot of mindfulness in people yes do that's why i call i that's why i said mindfulness is like a revolution that is happening mm-hmm. so i i keep telling my daughter also don't don't think about the future she thinks okay after one week i'm going to do that why why do you need to think just think about right now what is think about the homework you have right now rather than thinking about that because your entire existence is this moment survival you have to survive in this moment yes. rather than you know thinking what are you going to do after one week that is what sadhguru says yes and that that's hard yes and he constantly says sorry sorry i didn't uh... that is what, that is what buddhism you know mm. entire buddhism is around and that's what gita says too that's what gita says gita to right to, yes. now you are supposed to deal with these people who are in front of you rather than thinking what will happen if i'm going to kill my own people hmm. so that is what krishna says so that is what everybody has speaking the same concept in different way if you go back to the roots of buddhism it's only mindfulness and at the moment hmm. true if you go back to jainism jainism is only you know ahimsa and right now you are supposed to breathe this and not you know harm anybody right now or anybody yes, yes isn't it we are so all everybody. suffering our own thoughts like that yes. is been the problem like the whole subject of psychology or the whole therapy or depression or any psychology or anything you know psychology it, tells you that only yeah yes <laughs> so we, we are just we suffering we are just suffering in our, our thoughts. own thought process hmm. there is there is situation there are triggers But how we manifest them in our thought process is the way we are suffering, mm. right? And in in February, I took a very conscious decision of that I have to resign. Mm. And then March, this pandemic happened, but I didn't. And I, I this this entire sabbatical of one year was planned for me. Mm. It was like I have to resign this moment. I'm thinking resign. I don't know what am I going to do for next one year, but I'm not going to practice. I'm not going to work anywhere. I'm not going to do anything. But this pandemic happened, and it. as i told you i evolved as a person mm. so that is what we have to think about the moment right now rather than thinking yes. what are you going to do in future yes of course you should have plans but those future plans also should depend on your present right mm. now what are you doing to make those plans work yes our actions should take there mm. rather than we our thoughts uh right. influencing our present like it should be the other way around right yes <laughs> it was wonderful talking to you thank you sankarshan thank you so <laughs> much for doing this yes you pronounce my name right <laughs> thank you so much for doing yeah. this hope we get to yeah, do this again we will do it we will do it definitely i hope so i think we can pull in yeah yeah and you uh, i'm i'm glad that your generation is more aware spiritually and about the surroundings than we were uh, you know and i would definitely like you to implement this in future also mm. when you are going to be our age and make the society more conscious be a better parents yeah. yes that is what is important <laughs> A Sankarshan Joshi trip. <laughs>